0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. The big game is back, and you know what that means. We get to bet on what color Gatorade will dunk the winning coach. Now, each of the last two years, the Bucks and the Rams have gone for blue, Three of the last four years, blue has been the winning color, and yet blue comes in as the second largest favorite this year at plus 390. At plus 200, you can get orange. At plus 400, you can get clear or watercolor. Yellow, green, slash lemon, lime, also at plus 400. Red is sitting at plus 600, and purple comes in at plus 1000 all of your big game bets are available at bet online sportsbook and you can use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit using the link in the description to this episode bet online where the game starts Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. It is January 31st, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in. However, and whenever it is, you may be listening we have uh, ourselves being guests on a podcast today. Uh, over the weekend, there was a fun story about a Reddit user identifying that the Memphis Grizzlies may be inflating Jaron Jackson Jr.'s home's defensive statistics in order to help his defensive player of the year case, and that was going viral across the basketball world over the weekend, and uh, Tom Haberstrow and Amin Elhassan, who are uh, part of the Levitard Show coverage with Metalark Media, they uh, do a podcast called Basketball Illuminati, and so uh, Basketball Illuminati felt like this was a perfect kind of story for them to cover, and so I was listening to them do a podcast on Twitter spaces, and they were taking some fan questions, and yours truly got to have a back and forth with Amin Al-Hassan. Our friend Morgan from Australia got to have a back and forth with Tom Haberstroh and Amin Al-Hassan. And so I took that 15 minute clip and, uh, I felt like it would be okay if we used it on this podcast. Amin al Hassan gave our podcast a shout out, so I feel like they'd be okay if we took 15 minutes of their Twitter Spaces emergency podcast to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. and Damatis Sabonis and FIBA Patty Mills and got an impression between Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith talking about the Jaron Jackson Jr. situation. I felt like taking that little clip And using it on our podcast would be something that they'd appreciate. If you want to listen to their full podcast, I've linked it in the description to this episode as well. So we were technically guests, Morgan from Australia and I. And so I guess in a way we're grifting off their podcast in order to create 15 minutes of content. So we'll get to that coming up later in the show. The bulk of today's show, and I know I normally use A blocks and B blocks, but we're going to kind of flip it around here. The A block is going to be the meat and potatoes of the show, and that is going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers, because uh, I said all postseason long when people were talking about, especially the, the 49ers fans I've surrounded myself with, and God, I can only do so much Brock Purdy talk when I'm doing... Sports radio last week in Sacramento where we're talking about the 49ers and Brock Purdy. When I'm talking about Brock Purdy with Juju Talk Sports, I'm talking Brock Purdy with my friends here who are 49ers fans. I've surrounded myself with so many 49ers fans that I have heard every saying in the world about a bunch of people who have what I have affectionately referred to as Nick Foles syndrome. They have had Nick Foles syndrome all postseason. And the thing I've consistently said about... Is Brock Purdy a quarterback of the future? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, 49ers fans. You've got an entire seven months to figure that out. And I didn't think Brock Purdy would suffer a six-month injury (laughs) during the NFC Championship game that would prove me to be incredibly, incredibly right, because now it looks like they won't even have Brock Purdy ready for the start of next season, besides the point You shouldn't have worried about who your starter was going to be going into next year. Shouldn't have worried about it even a little. Just enjoy the good vibes of the fact that the 49ers had Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, as their quarterback, and that the expectations were that they would win a minimum of two playoff games. And they did that. Nick Foles syndrome was coursing through your blood, and the best way to deal with Nick Foles syndrome is to just enjoy it. Don't think about it too much. Don't worry about it too much wait until the off season. Well, now that the 49ers offseason is here, and you know how when teams get eliminated, we usually do eulogies of teams after the season is over, now feels like the appropriate time to start the dialogue about the 49ers going forward. Dialogue that we will then put down and not touch for the next two months, but today felt like a good time to do that. And This time last year, we were having the same conversations about the 49ers because the 49ers lost in the NFC Championship game to the Rams, which inspired the Jimmy Garoppolo parody song that we've used every time we talk about the 49ers for the past year. I thought I would get to use the parody song no more than five times. We've now gotten to use it close to 50 times, so... We kind of got volume shooting out of that. And even though Garoppolo is no longer going to be a 49er, in theory, the joke I made is like, it's going to be really confusing for 49ers fans who are debating Brock Purdy versus Tom Brady versus Trey Lance. It's going to be really confusing when Jimmy Garoppolo is their starting quarterback because, Lord knows, they've tried to get rid of him and they can't. I'm not even sure they can get rid of him now that he's a free agent. He's just going to show up and be the starter week one next year. Because that's how this works. You are cursed with the plague of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not allowed to leave under any circumstances. He will be your week one starting quarterback next year. Besides the point, let's just play the Jimmy Garoppolo parody song one more time, set to the theme song from the 1993 cult classic movie Groundhog Day. By the way, two days away. Happy Groundhog Day, everybody. I'll be watching the movie. I'll be waking up at 6 a.m. to figure out if the groundhog saw his shadow. We're all going to find out together now, won't we?
1: Garoppolo drops back to throw you're gonna lose the game. The seasons come, and seasons go. The Niners need a change. If you don't throw check downs, you're gonna take a sack. Jimmy G is warming up, yeah, he's your quarterback. No, don't throw it, interceptions drive us all insane, phones are calling, Ron Rivera wants to make a trade, if a rookie QB isn't in your plans, just call San Francisco up, they got your quarterback. They say he's smart and he wins games, that don't mean a thing. If since week one, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. If your team's rebuilding, talent's what you lack. Trade two picks for Jimmy G, now he's your quarterback.
0: All right, so I said for the entire playoff run, and I mentioned this a couple minutes ago, don't worry about what next year's going to look like San Francisco. Just enjoy the fact that Brock Purdy is Nick Foles and you just might bleep around and win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Just don't worry about it. Well, now that the season's over, and now that the 49ers have... A pretty clear picture about what the next seven months are going to look like. Let's finally talk about the 2023 49ers. First and foremost, Brock Purdy's dealing with a six to eight month injury on his throwing arm. Trey Lance has still only played in four football games in the last two years, five football games in the last four years because remember that weird season at North Dakota State because of the pandemic. Since 2019, Trey Lance has started five football games. Going coming into this season, Trey Lance had started three football games since 2019. And so the the easy conclusion is we don't have a representative sample size to evaluate Trey Lance even a little. We don't have a representative sample size to evaluate Brock Purdy even a little. We know that Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo because given the same sample size with the same team, Brock Purdy was demonstrably better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So we know Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't know if Brock Purdy is better than Dak Prescott. We don't know if Brock Purdy could one day be as good as Kirk Cousins. We just don't know. We don't have a sample size to evaluate it. We also know that Trey Lance is more talented than Brock Purdy. Trey Lance was picked number three in the draft, was universally regarded as a top 10 prospect overall in the 2021 draft class, and has not played a football game that would demonstrate that he is not as talented as we were discussing back in 2021. Again, he has only played five football games. He has played not great in three of those games. He has played pretty good in one of those games and one of the other and the other game was that crazy slop fest at the Broken Down Soldier Field in Chicago in week 1 of this year. So, we don't have a sample size on Trey Lance. We don't have a sample size large enough on Brock Purdy to know what Brock Purdy is. And San Francisco also has this weird Tom Brady thing where the fans really want it and it doesn't make any sense as to why they would want 46-year-old Tom Brady to be their quarterback next season. I have poised I have deposited the the take, shall we say? I have deposited the analysis with our friend Walter Mitchell, and I can't believe I said it at the time and I can't believe I'm still saying it, if you need a third quarterback, I would rather go with Jimmy Garoppolo than Tom Brady going into next season. Can't believe I'm saying it. The evidence points to this being the truth. I would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo going into next season than Tom Brady if I were the 49ers if we're paying them the same amount of money. San Francisco's in this really unique position, and the Brock Purdy injury changes the math in the exact same way that the Jimmy Garoppolo injury trade changed it last year. Cause when we made that parody song, we didn't know that Jimmy Garoppolo was gonna have surgery on his throwing shoulder that would keep him out until August. And now we know that Brock Purdy is gonna have surgery on his throwing elbow that will keep him out until at least August, if not later as he recovers from a torn UCL. This feels like the exact same situation all over again for the San Francisco 49ers. And if we're playing out the exact same situation again with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance going into next year, the 49ers should roll with exactly the same game plan that they had this year, which is Lance is your number one, Brock Purdy, who's now, a uh, you know, slightly better than Jimmy Garoppolo with the sample size that we know, Brock Purdy's your number two, Lance is your number one, roll with it that way, give Brock time to recover, and you can always make the pivot back and forth between the two if circumstances dictate it. What I suspect is that San Francisco will give Trey Lance the representative sample size to figure out how good of a quarterback he is. Because Brock Purdy is a seventh-round Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy is under contract with the San Francisco 49ers up until either three years or I don't know exactly how the seventh round contracts work. It's a four-year deal. So Brock Purdy is under contract with San Francisco until the 2026 season. Brock Purdy is a very, very cheap backup quarterback. That's what San Francisco should be operating under the assumption of, because even if they believe Brock Purdy is the long-term option at quarterback, they don't have a financial incentive to figure out if he's good until they give Trey Lance the first opportunity. And this is not just because Trey Lance was the number three pick compared to the, the last pick in the draft, which is a mitigating factor. It's that Trey Lance is infinite, not infinitely, Trey Lance is more talented than Brock Purdy, And can do different things than Brock Purdy. And San Francisco is able to recognize this. And Brock Purdy is in the situation where even if he is the quarterback they will sign up for for 10 years in the NFL. Because like I said we know Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo right now is at the end of his 10 years as an NFL starter. Granted he spent the first three years as a backup or the first four years as a backup in New England. But Jimmy Garoppolo was good enough to be a fringe starter at the end of his NFL uh, at the end of his 10 years of being a starter. He was a starting quarterback, starting caliber quarterback for eight years. The last two years, he was on the fringes in San Francisco. they tried to replace him. he remained the quarterback for two more years and now he will go play for a crappy team in which he will go seven and 10 and that will be the end of Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo was the backup for the 49ers to start this season. He is in what we call bridge-watering territory. He's going to be a starter on a bad team, or he's going to be a backup on a really good team. And that's probably where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to reside for the next two to three seasons. He will either get a big contract from a, a mediocre team, or he will be a highly paid backup. Somewhere with a good quarterback next season. Not sure which one's going to be there because I don't know how the musical chairs of quarterbacks are going re- to resolve itself yet. Uh, two years ago, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston were the quarterbacks who were left out in the musical chairs game. Um, last year, it was Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield who were left out of the musical chairs of quarterbacks at the end. Of, remember Baker Mayfield? They, they, we spent, or I didn't spend, I ignored it, but we spent seven months waiting to see if Garoppolo or Mayfield would get one of those starting jobs, whether it was with Seattle or with Carolina or with the Giants. We, we were just waiting for months and months and months to see who would miss out on the musical chairs. Last year it was Garoppolo and Mayfield. Two years ago it was Cam Newton and uh, Jameis Winston. This year, we'll see what ends up happening. We have, we don't know who's going to be the, the person who gets left out between Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, Tom Brady, who's going to be left out at the end of the musical chairs of starting quarterback jobs. We don't know yet. Garoppolo is going to be a fringe starter at this point in his career. So we know Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, a fringe starter, which means that Brock Purdy is either himself a fringe starter or... A starting caliber quarterback in the NFL who is 23 years old and under contract for three years at under a million dollars per year. So, San Francisco has a fringe, at worst, a fringe starter quarterback and at best, a starting caliber quarterback as their backup. And what that offers them is a safety blanket. It offers them a safety blanket to give. Trey Lance the opportunity to prove that he is the quarterback that they picked with the number three pick in the draft and the point to this is not to say like oh Brock Purdy is not worthy of getting the same opportunity figuring out how good Brock Purdy is is going to take time as well he needs more repetitions in order to figure that out Trey Lance needs the repetitions to figure out if he is any good between the two of them they have started a combined 13 games Neither starting more than eight, which is Purdy, and five, which is, or four, which is Trey Lance, and eight for Purdy. So 12 total between the two. Both of them need repetitions to figure out if they are starting caliber quarterbacks. And San Francisco does not have enough repetitions themselves to do an evaluation in one season. They don't have enough repetitions unless one of them just comes out and plays like shit. Like, unless we figure out right away that Trey Lance or Brock Purdy has made a, in the case of Brock Purdy, has made a regression to next season, or Trey Lance comes out and plays poorly in his first year as the full-time starter of the 49ers, the 49ers don't have enough repetitions to evaluate both quarterbacks at the same time, and yet they need to figure out what both quarterbacks are. So, with that circumstance, evaluate Trey Lance first. Not just because Trey Lance is the more talented prospect, and not just because Trey Lance is the quarterback making $9 million and you have to decide on a fifth-year option, although those factors are important. It is also because you have the time to be patient with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is going to be under contract for the next 3 seasons, making basically the league minimum. You don't have to worry about Brock. You don't have to placate to Brock unless he's a significant upgrade to Trey Lance because you need to give Trey Lance the room to make mistakes. You need to give Trey Lance the room to grow as a quarterback. You need to give Trey Lance the room to make big plays play enough games to actually have a representative sample of how good he is going to be in that offense. And that means once it's his job, it's his job until he plays so poorly, you have to take it away or he gets injured. Like once, once it's Trey Lance's job and it's going to be Trey Lance's job, it's Brock is the backup. And it's not because Brock isn't a a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, we simply don't know what Brock Purdy is. We know he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but we don't know what else Brock Purdy is. And we're not going to find out next season because it's Trey Lance as the quarterback. And if we want to find out how good Brock Purdy actually is, it's going to require San Francisco to trade him to another team where he can get repetitions. And San Francisco's just not going to do that because... Brock Purdy is like the 70th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He's making less than most backup quarterbacks are making. So Brock Purdy's your backup quarterback. Definitely going to happen. And if they get they reach a place where they're ready to give him the repetitions to find out what he is or who he is as a quarterback, it's going to come in the end of 2023 or 2024 or beyond. What Brock Purdy is now, and I know this isn't a great comp because of the quarterback headed out the door, Brock Purdy is your Patriots Garoppolo. He is the quarterback we know is a fringe starter, at the very least. We know he's capable. We've seen him win eight games with the with the most talented team in the NFL while putting up top QBR numbers in the sport. Meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo was only putting up top 10 numbers in the sport about top 7 for Garoppolo, but 7-10 to was the range Garoppolo was in in that offense. Brock Purdy was number 1, number 2 in the NFL. Brock Purdy's your your Patriots Garoppolo. He is your cheap backup. You can turn to in the event that Trey Lance gets injured or plays so poorly that they have to remove him, which I suspect is not going to be the case because no quarterback other than Josh Johnson, Brian Hoyer, and Nick Mullins has looked so crappy in that 49ers offense, and even Nick Mullins looked really good in one game in that 49ers offense, Trey Lance isn't going to play so crappy that they're going to be forced to bench him. That's just, under fair circumstances, that's just not going to happen. So where the 49ers are right now is Purdy is your backup, Trey Lance is your starter. And Purdy needs the, the repetitions to figure out just how good he actually is. And he's not going to get those repetitions because of all those circumstances that we pointed to, to why Trey Lance is going to be the starter. Not just that Trey Lance is more talented, not just that Trey Lance is making nine times as much money, not just because they traded three first round picks for their crypto quarterback. Trey Lance is basically their Bitcoin because he only has value because everyone agrees he has value, not just because of all those circumstances, because... Brock Purdy is also only making a million dollars a year for the next three seasons. And Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy, the argument in favor of Brock Purdy is, look how good Brock Purdy played in that eight-game sample size. Totally valid. Eight games is not enough of a sample size to know what kind of quarterback he is. It's enough of a sample size to know he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Beyond that, can't evaluate him in eight games. Same point can be made about Trey Lance. And so when both of them are working from the same position of we don't have a large enough sample size to know how good those quarterbacks are, default to Trey Lance because of those four reasons, those four big reasons that I mentioned earlier about draft pick, talent, level of Trey Lance $9 million more per year opportunity to actually play and make mistakes and grow as a starting quarterback heading into year three when he started five games over the last four years and everyone agrees he's a top 10 prospect from a draft class that includes Jamar Chase Kyle Pitts Penay Sewell Micah Parsons like he was graded as well of a prospect as all of these players and Trevor Lawrence, even though he was graded after Trevor Lawrence, also in the top 10 of that same draft class. Gotta give that the opportunity. You gotta give it the room to grow, which is the same bullshit that I was saying in 2021. The same bullshit for why once you make that pick, Garoppolo gone. You don't have Lance be the backup one year to Garoppolo come into this year with Lance and Garoppolo. Now that one ended up working out because Lance suffered a catastrophic injury, but the 49ers have already fucked this up so bad because now they're looking at two years and every single one of those three first round picks has been spent that they traded to Miami. Every single one of those picks has been spent and they have no idea how good Trey Lance is not a clue. They've already fucked that part up. Now in 2023, you got to learn. You got to give him the room to grow and you got to give him the room to make mistakes. The same thing they should have done in 2021 when they went for Garoppolo. They should have done it in 2021. You can't help that he got hurt in 2022. They wanted to give him that opportunity this year. But if you had let him play in 2021, you would have had the representative sample size to know how good he was going into this Brock Purdy thing to where you don't know what Brock Purdy is, but you would have had a much better idea of what Trey Lance was. So you already fucked that up. Now you give Trey Lance the opportunity to grow for the first time in his career. And that's going to be the evaluation process on him. Yes, you want to also evaluate Brock Purdy. You can be patient with Brock Purdy. You can't be patient with Trey Lance. You've already wasted two years and all of those first round picks you could have used on another player or players or traded for Bradley Chubb and Tariq Hill like the Dolphins did with the 49ers picks. You already wasted those first two years. And like the song we have says, if if since week one of 2021, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Could have been better than Garoppolo. Probably would have been better than Garoppolo. Brock Purdy was better than Garoppolo, so the chances are pretty good that Trey Lance is going to be better than Garoppolo.
1: Garoppolo drops back to throw. You're going to lose the game The seasons come and seasons go The Niners need a change If you don't throw check downs you're going to take a sack Jimmy G is warming up, yeah he's your quarterback No, don't throw it, interceptions drive us all insane, phones are calling, Ron Rivera wants to make a trade, if a rookie QB isn't in your plans, just call San Francisco up, they got your quarterback. They say he's smart and he wins games, that don't mean a thing. If since week one, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. If your team's rebuilding, talent's what you lack. Trade two picks for Jimmy G, now he's your quarterback.
2: hang with us, we may or may not be able to do a video watching one
3: all right, well, well we got questions, so i'll I'll keep answering these questions. We got Kyle Ledbetter on the take it easy podcast oh, there you go I, I just I just gave you the shout out, Kyle, what's up, man
0: what's up? I mean you actually answered the question I had about uh about John Stockton earlier, but if do you want me to take it in another direction? I've got a totally unrelated question
3: If you' got an unrelated question, go ahead give it to me.
0: All right, so I'm up here in Sacramento, light the beam. And um, I understand the whole thing about Domas not getting the the fan vote situation, but I was surprised that he ended up finishing below Markinen on the player voting thing for the All-Star. You got any thoughts about that?
3: Yeah, I do have thoughts about that. Because every year we hear about people, media shouldn't vote for, the players should vote for everything. And it's like, yo, man, you got to understand something. The players you're trusting people, some of them care, and some of them are going to put in the time and and actually try to figure this out. And some of them are just going to be like, whatever, man. <laughs> some of them are just like that. Some of, some of them think Sabonis the is just good because everyone loves his daddy or whatever. Like, there's a lot of dumb um, kind of logic behind player voting, behind everybody voting, right? But like, I always say this: fans vote because it's a popularity contest. That's how Kevon Looney was top 10 in front court voting, right? It's not because Kevon Looney's one of the 10 best bigs in the NBA. It's because, ah, I love the Warriors. Kevon Looney plays the NBA. That's that's how that happens, right? Players will vote for, like, I like him. I don't like that dude. That's how they vote. There ain't too many players are voting for, like, guys they don't like, but, man, he's really good. Like, they're not doing that. They're voting for people they like, either they like personally or they like their game or whatever, right? The only people who are are invested in doing this, like, trying to get it right, believe it or not, are media members because their reputation rides on it. No one's going to run up on whatever player voted for Bryce Johnson to be an all-star three years ago. No one's running up on those guys. They don't care, man. No one cares. But, like, if, you know, I was a voter two or three years ago. If I voted Bryce Johnson as an all-star, Best believe that's gonna be a story. Like, yo, you're one of 100 voters. How could you burn a vote on this? On this guy? I have to stand up for that. I have to speak for that. So that's the stuff that kind of keeps the checks and balance. But overall, like when people are demanding that players vote, I'm like, sh- these guys can't even vote for their CBA. That's the stuff that affects the money in their pocket. You think they're gonna give a damn about whether Sabonis or Markin is more deserving?
0: Well, the thing now also is, like, they vote for their entire starting five. That's how, like – I think it was, like, Seti Osman got two votes and Donovan Mitchell came out and was like, yeah, I voted for him. I voted for all the Cavs.
3: Yeah. See, I mean, like, there's zero – like, and Donovan Mitchell can say that. And everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? But imagine if um, Malika Andrews had said, I voted for Seti Osman. You think we'd be cool? You think, like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Like, I like his name, right? Like, if she, people would be all over her. If, if, uh, if Stephen A. Smith voted for, um, uh, if Stephen A. Smith voted for, for Jedi Osman. like, would we be cool with that? We, like, it would be a huge thing and people would be marching in the streets saying, take this dude's vote away. He shouldn't be allowed to vote. See, the media don't know anything. But Donovan Mitchell, one of the best players in the league, can, place that vote, ain't nobody going to say anything. We're like, oh man, you're such a good teammate.
0: Was the last time they changed the voting system after the whole Zaza Pachulia thing? I think that was like six
3: years ago now. Yeah. Zaza Pachulia was going to start if it weren't for a a, quote-unquote last-minute push. But yeah, that's why. And that's why I think this system works. Because it it can't conspire to have it. Like, the people who are going to end up starting are going to be the people that we all universally recognize. Right.
0: But didn't Wiggins start last year? And that was kind of like iffy because he got all those – he got enough – he got the top fan vote and then he got just enough from the media and the players yep. to get in.
3: I mean, well, there you go. I don't think that's iffy. I think that's that's the game. The guy plays on one of the best teams in the league and is playing the best basketball of his life. And the fans are popularity, whatever. But then the media and the players aren't saying like, this dude's the 10th best forward. They're all like, saying, yeah, he's he's been up there. They vote for him enough where it's like, all right. That's the whole point. Like, yeah. no one who's undeserving will, will be there. No you one who's may-
0: totally undeserving. Yeah. yeah, Zaza's never getting it. But, like, I don't know who got snubbed for Wiggins last year. Like, I guess it would have been, like, maybe Paul George or something. But, like, yeah, when Wiggins got it last year, it felt like it was – he did just enough to get in, and the fans kind of pushed it over the edge. Yep.
3: All right. Thanks a lot, Kyle.
0: Appreciate it, uh, Kyle.
3: Let's oh, – oh, we're going to go this, – this, we got – we got – A celebrity in our presence. See, the problem is, I don't know if this is him coming on, or should I? Is it going to be? I'm not going to skip. (sighs) Is it going to be Skip, or is it going to be Josh?
0: I've never seen anything quite like it. In the end,
2: you know it, and I know it. I (laughs) mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is not that guy. One Serge Iblaca.
3: (laughs) What? Uh, it, it, now see I, I i miss talking to you so much skip you mean to tell me that jaron jackson hey one of the baddest men on the floor I, i'm disgusted i'm a poor, i cannot believe that you will come up here with this foolishness he's just not that guy you know
2: it and i know it he's more like i don't know russell westbrook
3: Oh, no, no. Yo, hold on, Skip. Hold on, Skip. I'm not going to let you sit here like you're talking to Shannon Shaw upon your little show. You in the real deal right here. You in the number one show. And I'm going to tell you right now. It's I my turn. will man. not sit here. <laughs> I will not sit here and let you talk bad about my man, Russell Westbrook. That man is a Hall of Famer. And if you think then I'm going to sit here and let you spit this foolishness. You out of your mind. You know
2: it, and I know it. If I went mano-a-mano e right now with that guy, one, Russell Westbrook, I think I'd beat him.
3: Yo. Now, 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 now Josh, I, 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 I think you've got someone else over there with you. Uh, an old friend of mine. A man who... Uh, I called my partner for eight years
1: when and, I was um, in Washington
3: D.C., <laughs> and, and I think uh, he'd at least uh, agree that Jaron Jackson Jr. is remarkable, one of the best defensive players in all the I mean, NBA. Um, hey, hey um, Barry it's uh, Joe, and, um,
2: and then um, um, uh, Jer- uh, J- uh, Jeremy O'Neill J- uh, Jr. is uh, leading, <laughs> is leading the league in uh, hockey goals. <laughs>
3: Man, give me a break! <laughs> I got you, Josh. Josh, I gotta get you out of here, man. I'll be more... Thanks, man. <laughs> Josh, thank you. We so nice. Jer- Jeremy O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Mark Order. Oh man, this guy used to do all the artwork for citibo What's up, Mark? What, what question do you have? Oh my God. No, oh, thank on. you, Josh. Josh Rosen,
2: the Skip Bayless impersonator. Thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us. That was Skip, amazing. Joe
3: Biden is pretty good too. Uh, Mark, what's all <laughs>
1: that, that, you guys put me on after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question is like, uh, so I watch soccer all the time, and there's always like deflections off of goals in that. So there's like in-game stat correction to get the. Correct goal score. Is there something like that for basketball where they have in-game stat corrections and then like post-game stat corrections? Obviously, you can't do it for points because that will drastically affect right. the game and the results. But for like blocks mm-hmm. and steals, do they have that?
3: They they do they do. uh And and you'll you'll often see that in the middle of a game, they'll they'll say that you know. Oftentimes, we'll see it when guy a guy is chasing a triple double. You'll see that they. Take a rebound away, or they give him a rebound. Actually, that should have been his rebound. And it ends up being uh, a, a triple double form. Again, that happens through that process that we explained earlier, where there's the caller, the guy who calls out what happens, there's the inputter, the guy with the touchscreen who puts in the stat. There's the backup who's doing quality control on what's being inputted, and then the backup is talking to Secaucus, and Secaucus will often say, Take that away from him, give it to him, et cetera, et cetera.
1: All right. That's all I got. Um, no impressions. No, no impressions. No, no, I'm
3: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but by, by the way, real quick, uh, Mark reminded me, Tom, about he brought up soccer and them doing adjustments. They use a little technology called VAR. Um, that's run by a company named HawkEye. It's owned by Sony. Uh, is there anything that Basketball Illuminati has done recently, Tom, about HawkEye and Sony and soccer style VAR?
2: Yes, we reported exclusively on Basketball Illuminati on our program that teams are preparing for VAR to be arriving on the shores of the NBA as soon as next season. So, three versus two. We called it out with the Buddy Heald disappearing three-pointer how the human error can impact not just the score, not just the stat line for Buddy Heald, but gambling too, betting markets that have – Point totals, a buddy heel being affected by a three versus a two, that would be subject to a VAR review in-game, live, that we see in soccer, what we see in tennis. As soon as next season, NBA teams are expecting goaltending calls, perhaps, out-of-bounds calls, to be automated from the VAR parent company, Hawkeye Innovations, which is owned by Sony. So, when is we that reported? Happening? Next season, they are going to be integrating that. So, um, teams are preparing right now to be converting all of that stuff for next season. It's not making a ton of uh, analytical analytics staffs, departments very happy that they have to change player tracking softwares. But this is something that's happening right now is preparing for that transition next season, which. On the broadcast, probably by the end of next season, you'll be seeing VAR most likely to be as part of the broadcast. Goaltending, when the ball is descending from the top of its arc, usually it feels like we should be able to do that. We have the technology, Do we see it in tennis, whether it's in or out, we see it in VAR and soccer on offsides. That technology will be coming um, at some point to the NBA, as we reported on this year podcast.
3: Basketball Illuminati. There it is. Uh, Let's do a couple more here. We're almost done. Uh, Oh, Fly. My guy, Fly, man. Wow, what's up, man? Very talented music artist. Yo, me, what's good, bro? What's up, man? Um, I had a question about... uh, So... How do you feel like um, the speed of the game, how do you feel that, or do you think it's affected the inflation of stats? Like, you know, they changed the shot clock rule, and now instead of a new 24, it's like 14 seconds or whatever. Like, how much does that account for in, inflating of stats? And, and, mm. and does that even, and how, like, how does it affect, like, the overall, um, when people speak on players who average a lot of points, or you know, being that there's more possessions, does that affect like the conversation of who's better at what from different time frames?
2: For sure, for sure. I'll just take this one real quick.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm in the car. Hold on.
2: Yeah, um, that is a very real thing. Is that when Donovan Mitchell? We talked about this on Basketball Illuminati. That when Donovan Mitchell. Scored 71, he was on the floor for 110 possessions offensively. Back when Kobe scored 81, he was on the floor for 85 offensive possessions. So the fact that Donovan Mitchell had as much as 30, you know, 20, 30 more possessions to score his 71 than Kobe did for his 81, that's very real. Like the the inflated stats, if you want to call them inflated. The, the stat inflation across the league, that's a very real thing, is that there's more 30-point games, there's more 40-point games, there's more 50-point games, partly due to the increased pace in the NBA where there is more possessions per game than there used to be, as many as 20, 30 more possessions on a, on a given night in the NBA. So that that does add to scoring totals, and it does add to scoring totals and block totals Hello? and assist totals. So it definitely is happening. Hello yes to I me mean. oh, I
3: got you oh there I am I'm back okay all right Th- thanks a lot fly man uh let's see who we got next we got Morgan Morgan from Australia Australia Morgan you're on the line what's your question is this our Morgan this is our Morgan I believe unless there's another Morgan from Australia there's only <laughs> that, one that... Morgan in Australia I don't know if you know that <laughs> yeah
2: Morgan Spurlock. Is that the guy who did the Supersize Me?
3: Yes, but he's not from Australia. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan, unmute your mic.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm really good at this. There she is. Hey guys, how are you? There it is. What's up, Morgan? Hi. Um, I have a completely unrelated question because um that's what I do. Um <laughs> Why uh, is Patty Mills and FIBA
0: Patty Mills two different people?
2: <laughs> this is what like Lowry Markkinen was in uh, FIBA Markkinen, but now yeah. he's that guy in the NBA now. Is Utah Markkinen? Yeah. That's right. I mean, is there is Patty Mills? Um, wh- what are other examples of players who are just so much better in Nick, international play?
3: Nick Batum is the one that comes to mind.
2: He always yeah. goes nuts when he plays. Under-
3: Nocioni, Andres Cioni, no Cioni. Uh, no, no no definitely yeah. was like that. Um, I mean, I think there's a real uh, – uh, Ricky Rubio, way oh, more yeah. aggressive he, playing he, for Spain than, than he is playing in the NBA. I think it's it's kind of similar to the conversation we're having about Jaron Jackson. Like, why? Because, why? Tom, we didn't really touch on why. Why? Okay, it's not – there's no ill uh, doing going on, right? So why is Jaron Jackson putting up these numbers? And the reason is, man, some people play better at home. And I think the the answer for Patty Mills is the same. Like, he plays better for Australia for two reasons. One is because they use him like that, right? They use him like he's their Allen Iverson as opposed to a release valve or a role player or, or a safety uh, kind of a, like just something to help contribute. They use him as their star player. So you give him more possessions and – he's going to have more opportunities to be that guy. But then the other part of it is, yeah, like some guys play great for their national teams because there's all sorts of national pride coursing through their veins and a desire to kind of be immortal, I guess, in their home countries. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I think
2: um, it could just be random variation, right? It could be part what you're saying is that he's playing better at home, but it could also just be if you flip a coin five times in a row, you're going to get strings of five heads. And it's not that the coin is more head heavy or that it's biased. It's just the random variation that sometimes you're going to get these consecutive flips to show five heads in a row. So it's possible that, yes, he plays better at home, but it's also possible that on any given stretch of th- 42 games, you might see random variations You know, point to this sort of discrepancy. So I think it's probably both.